0: Welcome to iTalk. For Brookside Optometric Group, I'm Brent Critchfield. Cataracts are something that most people will experience at some point in their life, leading to reduced color perception and blurry vision. Corrective surgery used to be a big deal, with risks of extensive complications. Today that's not the case, and cataract surgery is performed routinely with excellent results. In this episode of iTalk, Dr. Bob Melrose and Dr. Linda Sue will give you an inside look at how cataract surgery works. Later. Dr. Bob talks with Elizabeth Sanchez from Stockton's Women's Center Youth and Family Services as we learn how you can make a difference in the lives of a local family this holiday season. But first, here's Dr. Bob Melrose with what's new in eye care.
1: Today in what's new with the world of eye care, I wanna talk about a uh, article I read recently regarding a new prescription drop therapy for the correction of presbyopia or the need for reading glasses as we get beyond the age of 40. The Allergan company is coming out with a drop called V-U-I-T, V-U-I-T-Y, V-U-I-T-Y, and it is a drop that they are claiming will help people with their reading vision. What the me- basic mechanism of this drop is going to be is pretty simple. There's an old glaucoma medication called pilocarpine that uh, hasn't been used in a very long time because one of its side effects was it caused the pupils to constrict very dramatically, making them very, very small. When your uh, uh, pupil becomes extremely small, anything you look at becomes a bit sharper to see. So consequently, you can see far away things without your glasses better, you can see up close things better without your glasses. And what they're gonna be using is a diluted form of pilocarpine to uh, shrink down the pupil to allow you to be able to read a little bit more comfortably. Side effects are headache uh, and uh, eye strain, and it is still in the experimental phase, but it looks like it will be uh, headed toward the uh, uh, situation where they'll have it approved uh, within a year or so, and so be looking for that. Uh, The uh, vision when you have an extremely constricted pupil is not quite as uh, normal as with uh, your regular glasses or contact lenses. But this will be something that will definitely help a niche group of people that want to be able to read without glasses and uh, won't mind the cosmetic appearance of having an extremely shrunken pupil.
0: Cataract surgery has come a long ways in recent years. While it used to be a major surgery requiring anesthesia and with no guarantee of success, Today's surgical techniques allow cataract removal to be done as an outpatient procedure with minimal recovery time and excellent success rates. Listen as Dr. Bob Melrose and Dr. Linda Sue explore cataracts and your eyes.
1: I'm here with Dr. Linda Sue, our partner for the Brookside Optometric Group, and we're going to be talking today a little bit about cataracts, what they are, what causes them, and what you can do about them. So Linda, uh, fill us in on cataracts.
2: So cataracts is a natural aging process of the eye. No one is immune. As we all grow older and we live life, we are outside, the UV exposure to our whole body, skin, face, eyes, causes changes. As we know with our skin, we can get freckles, discoloration. With our eyes, what happens is the lens, which is inside our eye, starts to also discolor. And slowly as we get older, this is a very, very slow process, it discolors so much that it's like a shade over our eyes and the light we need to see well no longer can get through the cataracts to the back of your eye. And thus, we have a visually symptomatic cataract.
1: When someone develops this, what types of symptoms are they notice?
2: Some um, really may not notice anything it occurs so slowly, but things you can um, observe, um, especially if um, you are one who um, likes to take photographs or is an artist is there is a, a desaturation in colors, sharpness of vision is probably the most significant changes you can notice, but sometimes you won't have any issues at all except blurry vision.
1: What about night glare and driving? Is that a symptom of cataract?
2: Yes, that is. But so many people do have issues with night driving, even young people. So if night driving, you've always been fine, then all of a sudden you're seeing glare or not seeing so well, that definitely can be due to a cataract.
1: Now, cataracts are a natural change. This is not a disease or a cancer or a problem like that, is it?
2: No, it's not going to make you go blind. It's not a something that you need to be seen immediately for, but it's something you definitely should come in for a dilated eye exam so the eye care practitioner and optometrist can take a good look and see if it's something that we need to be concerned about.
1: So there's no such thing as an emergency cataract surgery?
2: No, there is not, unless, of course, it's been due to some trauma, car accident, fall. Uh, you can have a traumatic ca- cataract, and that would probably require, you know, some uh, rapidity in uh, having it attended to, but nothing that needs to be done overnight.
1: Got it. Now, there's been a lot of changes these days with uh, cataract surgery. Why don't we go over a few of those?
2: Yes, so uh, cataract surgery used to be a very major surgery. People didn't want to have it done because you had to go to the hospital. You had to be put under. Um, there is no, There wasn't any guarantee you could see if the cataract was removed. It is so different these days. The technology... Uh, the uh, type of implants they put in has gone so advanced. Um, I am not at all hesitant to recommend to my patients when they are ready to have it done.
1: Most offices I know of have a, that have a surgical suite will even broadcast live the cataract surgery to the waiting room. So I assume if you're willing to do that, it's got to be a pretty safe thing.
2: It is. It is. And it can be done. Uh, a lot of the ophthalmologists to whom we refer have their own suite, so you don't have to go to the hospital. Uh, it's very easy. It's an outpatient surgery, so no need to worry about uh, going under. It can be done without the anesthesiologist, so those who are more at health uh, have more health issues don't have to worry about it interfering with uh, any heart issues that they may have
1: now the, that, the types of implants they have now. in the old days they just took out the lens and people had the real thick glasses That uh, this will be a cultural reference that many people will not understand but if you're at the age where you might be getting cataracts you probably do uh, there were entertainers in the past George Burns was one of them who had incredibly thick glasses very hard to see through that was prior to implants and now with cataract surgery the glasses afterwards uh, are remarkably less uh, impactful what types of implants do they have these days?
2: Yes, so think of an implant as a contact lens inside your eye. When they remove the cataract, they have to put some sort of uh, another focusing device, so so to speak. Now uh, you can still put in a simple um, single vision, intraocular implant that can correct your distance. You would definitely need glasses to read afterwards. Simple, uh, low cost, covered by most insurances. Nowadays, they have what they call premium IOLs or premium intraocular implants. They do come at a upgrade, and depending on which you choose, the ophthalmologist will discuss your options with you. But there are multifocal implants. They are uh, implants in the future that will be uh, self-accommodating implants. So those multifocal implants can be put in to avoid the use of glasses.
1: Now what I've often told my patients is is that there are limitations with uh, some of the uh, multifocal lenses. That if you want the most versatile vision, you can get the uh, multifocal implants seem to be the way to go. I'll give you very good distance vision, very good near vision. In many cases, it's a complete cure-all, but in, all, in, many, in other cases, though, you will still have to uh, supplement with some type of reading glass or whatnot if you're gonna sit down and enjoy a good novel on a rainy afternoon. Is yep. that accurate? Mm-hmm.
2: It is. So you can expect, I mean, just like with contact lenses, that you go gla- glasses-free. Uh, At the end of the day, your eyes will get tired. Um, If you are a reader or you're on the computer a lot, your eyes will get tired. Sometimes you'll need to supplement at times with reading glasses, computer glasses, just so your eyes don't fatigue, and especially these days with as much we're using it for the close-up vision.
1: How long does it take for the vision to be restored?
2: Oh, well, you go in for surgery usually early in the morning. Um, depending on how the surgery goes, you either have a patch or you don't. And usually by the next day, you're getting some uh, actual usable vision. Now the close-up vision with the multifocal implants Just like your visual system needs to adjust to, say, a progressive bifocal, they have to learn to adjust to a multifocal implant. And that can take anywhere from a week to a month after the surgery for your visual system to adapt to those changes.
1: We have to train the eyes after the uh, multifocal implants.
2: Yes, yes.
1: Now, I've also heard uh, one of the major comments that people will tell us is, They couldn't believe the difference in their uh, perception of colors and brightness and how vivid the world looks after a cataract surgery.
2: Oh, yes. It's dramatic. It's uh, seeing the leaves on the trees. And good news with these multifocal implants, they often have UV protection in them. So if you forget your sunglasses, you will have a built-in UV screener right there.
1: And they can do amazing things to remove the uh, need for any type of glasses for distance afterwards. Even the people with very high corrections oftentimes end up glasses free. Is that right?
2: Yes. So just think uh, again of a um, implant as a contact lens. Do you want to see better far? Do you want to see better close? You can tell the doctor what you choose and they can customize the prescription for your eyes and your desires.
1: And when they come into our office to be uh, screened for the cataracts, uh, when we make that referral, we can also help them out during that process to decide what, which implant might be the best for them.
2: Yes, it is a very uh, complicated um, field to navigate. So consulting with your optometrist and finding out what your needs are before you go see the ophthalmologist can help you decide what path and what implant would be the best for you.
1: In the past, because it was such a laborious surgery and the outcomes had uh, limited glasses and whatnot, a lot of people put off having their cataracts done. Should that still be done?
2: No, so the longer you wait to have your cataracts removed, actually the worse it is for you. The cataract becomes more difficult to remove and in the process of removing the cataract can cause more damage to other parts of the eye, so meaning more recovery time. Uh, more issues with the implant. So you cannot wait forever to have the cataracts removed. Um, the earlier is usually the better.
1: And yet I do know that for most insurances, there is a certain minimum level of a visual drop-off that they require you to have before having cataract surgery. Yes,
2: yes. So again, yearly eye exams with your optometrist will determine when you meet that level, and then we can make the proper and timely referral for you.
1: They normally do one eye at a time, is that right?
2: Yes. So one eye at a time, never both at the same time, and usually about a month apart between the surgeries.
1: So anyone out there that is dealing with cataracts, concerned about cataracts, these types of issues, truly, as I try to tell patients, it's nothing to be afraid of. It's nothing to be worried about. Safe surgery, effective surgery, and can be very, very life-changing.
2: Yep. That's it. Can't wait to have mine done.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate your time today.
2: Thank you, Bob.
0: Stockton is home to many amazing community organizations, and one of those shining lights is the Women's Center Youth and Family Services. Brookside Optometric Group has supported the Women's Center for many years through awareness events such as Denim Day, Walk a Mile in Her Shoes, and other programs. The holidays raise even more special needs for their clients, and so Dr. Melrose sat down with Elizabeth Sanchez, Outreach Program Manager for the Women's Center, to discuss this year's Adopt-A-Family program.
1: I'm down here at the Stockton Women's Center Youth Family Services uh, office, and I am talking with Elizabeth Sanchez, who is the uh, Outreach Director for the uh, Women's Center. And I want to talk a little bit today with her about what the Women's Center does for the people in need here in Stockton, but also about a special Christmas program that my wife and I have been involved with for many, many years and hopefully might inspire some people out there to get involved with, too. So, Elizabeth, thank you for your time.
3: Thank you so much for the invitation. It's my pleasure to be here with you today.
1: So why don't you tell me a little bit about the Stockton Women's Center?
3: Well, you know, the Stockton Women's Center was founded back in 1976, so we've been here for a while, and since then we have been the main and sole provider of services for victims of domestic abuse and human trafficking, sexual assault. Uh, Like you mentioned, back in 2012, we merged with uh, Youth and Family Services, so now we became the Women's Center Youth and Family Services that allow us to expand our services not only to women that are experiencing domestic violence or sexual assault but also we have a variety of programs for families women men and youth in our community
1: and the uh uh, describe some of the, the services that you have, because I know you have live-in facilities, is that right, with for the people?
3: Yes, we do. We have, of course, we provide, you know, crisis uh, intervention and crisis services for victims of domestic violence, sexual assault, and human trafficking. And that means that we take uh, phone calls 24-7, we take walkings. Uh, we help these clients with uh, applying for a restraining order, finding emergency shelter, whatever that it is uh, that they need in the crisis uh, situation we will help them with all of that. So that's our crisis department. We also provide case management for our clients. That, um, that means referring them to housing, more permanent housing, helping them apply for jobs, medical uh, services, anything that they may need to get more stable will help them through our case management. We also have peer counseling. So we provide our clients with free peer counseling uh, for victims of domestic violence, sexual assault, and human trafficking. We have youth services in our facility, so we have a program that is called TATE, Transitional Age Youth, where we provide case management, one-on-one services, amazing program for youth ages 16 to 25, and that program basically helps youth um, self-identify goals that they may may be uh, in need of work uh, for their, you know, stability and future. And that can be housing, education, employment, well-being, social connections, you name it. We have specialists that meet with the youth one-on-one. This program can be as long as the youth needs it to be, so it's great. We also have our dropping center that not a lot of people know that we have all these services for youth. So thank you for this space because our dropping center, it's just, you know, a safe place for youth 12 to 25 to come and spend the day with us. We provide them with three warm meals a day. Uh, you know, we're specialists cook and they're really good at cooking. So we have three nice warm meals a day, shower, uh, restroom, uh, laundry services, computer lab, charging stations. So any youth 12 to 25, it's welcome Monday through Friday to come and spend the day with us. If they want to connect with the specialist, we have them here. And then as you mentioned, this is just, you know, like ongoing services, but then we have four shelters two shelters for victims of domestic violence, sexual assault, and human trafficking. One of them is here in Stockton, another one in Tracy. And then we have our two youth shelters. One is an emergency shelter for youth 12 to 17. And then the other shelter, it's a long-term facility, long-term program for youth 18 to 25. So that's a lot. I know I probably confuse you more than I help right now.
1: And uh, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this question, but how much does it cost the people that enroll here? Nothing. That's what I thought. Nothing.
3: All our services are completely free, confidential. You know, we are mandated reporters, so we are obligated by law, like any other facility, to report sexual abuse of a minor, only of a minor, uh, threats to commit murder or suicide. Or Um, elderly sexual I'm sorry elderly abuse otherwise everything else that our clients disclose it's completely confidential and our services are completely free a lot of people ask me like do you take medical or do you take we don't need uh, any insurance or any form of payment
1: that's fantastic and I would like to say that uh, over the years uh, my wife and I have been involved with the center in, in a variety of ways But we've had uh, more than one or two staff members that have had to use your services over that time period. And they have nothing but uh, uh, praise and uh, wonderful things to say about uh, the the care they got here and the help and just what uh, uh, a lifesaver it was in a time of crisis.
3: Well, I'm glad you bring this up because a lot of people, you know, we go to these tabling events. I'm always in the community talking to any ear that is willing to listen to us and the services we provide. And a lot of people say like, well, you know, that's not me. That's not my story, which is great. Mm-hmm. But we all know somebody yes. that at one point in their life has struggled with any of these issues. Uh, you know, a neighbor, an employee, your best friend, a family member. So these spaces where we are allowed to bring all this information to somebody that's listening are great for us because it's all honestly it's everybody's responsibility and it's everybody's problem even if you're not experiencing it at one point in your life you're going to come across with somebody that needs it and knowing how to refer clients and the services that are available or friends or family members can make the difference
1: well, we chatted a little bit before we turn on the microphone here, and I was commenting that uh, when it comes to these types of services, child protection agency people, things like that, that I always say to my patients that come in that uh, are working in those arenas, I wish there wasn't a need for you to have a job. But unfortunately, with the way the human condition is, there will always be a need.
3: Unfortunately, that is true. But, you know, thank goodness that we're here to... Uh be available for those that need the services and our teams are not because I'm part of this organization but our team members are great they're really compassionate Um, you know it's very important for your audience to know that we even though our name is women's services we service women men uh, youth we don't discriminate by age uh, nationality gender we serve everybody just the same
1: and there's a very special program that you guys have uh, every year, and it's the Adopt-A-Family. Could you talk about that a little bit?
3: Of course. Thank you. Yes, Adopt-A-Family, it's our opportunity to give back, um, not only to the agency, because whatever it's received, it's not for us. It's for the families and the clients we serve. And uh, again, you know, we were chatting a little while ago that some of the things that these clients ask for, uh, we totally take for granted. Um, it's, it's amazing what... A simple thing like a pillow, you were saying, or a toothpaste, uh, or groceries for the holidays can make somebody's holidays uh, sweeter and better.
1: Yeah, and I was—we uh, were chatting that uh, growing up, I did the classic American thing, which is spoil my kids rotten. Uh, sorry, Brian and Kevin, if you're listening, and uh, their Christmas wishes were uh, Nintendos, video games, you know, things like that. And every year, my wife and I would, for about the last 10 years or so, we would uh, adopt a family here at the shelter and get a list of what the mother was asking for the children. And it was the things you mentioned, toothpaste, uh, a comb, uh, shampoo, body wash, um, four glasses so that they could each have a drinking glass of their own, uh, pillows, Uh, nothing, nothing extravagant at all on these lists. And it became, we took our kids out to help us do the shopping when they were little. When they left home, my wife and I have been just doing it ourselves. But it was always the best part of Christmas for us because we, it reminded us how good we have it, uh, how blessed we are. But it also made us feel good that we were giving back. And the part that I love about the program is the people you give to never find out who you are. You never find out who they are. And I just always have this, uh, and some people might say it's idealistic idea about this, but I love the fact that at any time I could be walking down the street and I could pass the person that I helped, and they could pass the person that helped them, we would have no idea, and hopefully it makes them all of us kind of open our hearts up a little bit more to... Uh, everyone in our community by being a part of this. Now, the the program has changed, though, because of COVID. Like, everything else on the planet has changed because of COVID. (laughs) What are we doing now?
3: Exactly. Before, we used to get the list from our families and clients, and families like yours would adopt a family and buy the presents in the list. Now, because of COVID and, you know, everything being done a little bit different, we are giving them gift cards. So we are asking families to adopt a family and provide gift cards like it can be for food for less walmart amazon um uh, you know it's basically to cover for their basic needs like we were talking so we asked we thought you know at least a hundred dollars would be a fair fair game mm-hmm. so you can tell us like okay i adopt a family of two three four one family four families a single person whatever you are comfortable and you can do we appreciate all the help so you know it's super easy you just register for it on our website somebody will be contacting you uh, whoever registered from our agency you are paired like you said with a family so you are actually paired the only thing with a family the only thing is that we do respect the confidentiality of our clients a lot so you will never get the name or ages or any personal uh, information from the client but you do get a really nice card Uh, because the the clients that we uh, provide these gifts for, they do sign a card thanking the donor and you will get that back. And um, I feel blessed because you're right. I never thought about in your position as a donor, you don't get to see. I can tell you that I get to see the donor's face and the client's face and it's totally priceless. These clients really appreciate Um, you know having even a walmart card because then they can go back a gift card they can go back and buy what their kids need or or want for for the holidays and uh i i just you know a very personal story here but last year i remember the best thing i got for christmas was a text on my phone on my work phone which was a, a picture that my client sent to me about about um the presents in, in her Christmas tree. Oh, neat. So it was her Christmas tree full of little boxes that she was able to purchase for the kids, and she just wanted to share that with me. And that was, it made my day in Christmas because it is such an important thing for them and such, you know, some of us are blessed uh, to be able to, to do that and, and make the difference during the holidays.
1: Now, that, that Christmas card is our favorite card of the year, every
3: time. That's, <laughs> there's, there's no question.
1: Uh So if if people are interested in um, adopting a family for Christmas, how can they reach you?
3: Through our website, which is women's center, uh, youthanfamilyservices.org. That's that's how they uh, log into our website. There should be a link there that says Adopt a Family. They register, so you don't have to pay any money or do anything right away. You just register with your information. Tell us how many... Families can you adopt, and then somebody from our team will reach out directly to, to you.
1: And you're looking at about $100 a person in the family, a too? In the okay, good. And it good. can
3: be one member or four members, five members, or as many families.
1: Because hey, I know in the past you can't stipulate how many people you can, you can take on. Uh, and then also, uh, we will be putting the links for the adoptive family and the women's shelter uh, on our website and our Facebook page, so people can always go to that to be able to be a part of this. But I I strongly uh, urge anyone out there, if you want to make your Christmas special and truly feel like you've done something that's made a difference, this is an incredibly good way of doing it. The need is huge. Uh, My patients that have told me about their struggles, many of them leave with the clothes on their back from the places they have been living in fear of their lives, and they are starting over with nothing. And the, the items that they get at this time of year with this truly makes all the difference uh, to them in the world. So I would just strongly, strongly recommend that people think about doing this. Uh, you will never regret it. The only thing I will warn you is you'll become addicted and you'll want to do it every year.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's true. You know, the kids leave the house. They don't have any toys with them, any of their clothing. Um, I don't know if you heard, but we have a program called SART, Sexual Assault Response Team. So we respond to every single call in the county uh, for sexual assault, adult and minors. And um, these clients, you know, they they just, they've been through probably the worst experience in their life. Um, Then they have to go through all the legal and medical process of it sometimes. And um, it's a blessing to be able to at least provide them with clean underwear and a new set of clothing to kind of start restoring a little bit of that dignity, self-love, uh, that they so much need. So it's it's uh, it's great to have supporters like you and many people in our community. Well,
1: and, and the Stockton community does uh, completely... Uh, I think we open up our hearts to, to things like this. Uh, there's a lot of wonderful people in this town, and there's a lot of people that need our help. And if you... I guess I just want to say, if you feel blessed in your life, share it, share it with some of the other people that are out here. You can make a difference uh, in a way that you can, you can never imagine.
0: That's it for this episode of italk. We'll be back with another episode soon, but in the meantime, we'd love to have you subscribe to this podcast on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, or Spotify or you can find it on our website at brooksideoptometric.com. We'd also invite you to visit us on Facebook or Instagram, where you can stay up to date on everything that's happening in the office, as well as eye care tips and information. Thanks for joining us. And on behalf of all of us at Brookside Optometric Group, we hope you can see well, be well, and thrive.